Why does everybody want to be upset with the Chicago Bears for not foolishly, recklessly spending their money? We sit there, we see teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and others going balls out, spending crazy amounts of capital, trying to fix a lot of holes while we have a general manager who since day one said he was going to be very thoughtful, very slow moving. He was going to wait for the second and third wave of free agency. He was not going to rush any decisions. And he's following through with everything that he said. Now, I understand he went out there and immediately signed a three technique, which was probably the most important position on the defense. The thing of it is, is that he's doing everything that he said he was going to do. He's not haphazardly or foolishly throwing around a lot of money. And it seems like there's a lot of Bears fans who are growing a little impatient. Well, here's the here's a newsflash for you. It's March 15th, okay? We're not kicking off on Sunday. We don't need to fill out a roster today. There is plenty of time to continue to build through free agency. There is a draft approaching. And then there is a wave of post-June 1st cuts that will happen. To act like Ryan Poles does not have a plan is foolish. Just because it doesn't fit your timeline, just because you want the instant gratification right now, doesn't mean that Ryan Poles doesn't have a plan. He knows what he's doing. Give him a chance. He's rebuilt offensive lines in the past. I think he's going to be fine. So why don't we just pump the brakes, enjoy the madness that's going on, and you know what? Let's talk about it. So, Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank, where we'll be answering your questions here. Of course, here, free agency of the illegal tampering period has started. Not a lot of activity with the Chicago Bears. We anticipated a few more moves, but as I said a moment ago, I don't think that it's the end of the world that the Bears haven't been flushing all their toilet or all their money down the toilet, I should say. Not that Christian Kirk and players like that are flushing money down the toilet, but still, I really like the the, the Bears' approach. And joining us on the show today, why don't we go ahead and bring him in? He's from the football guys. We, we love his fantasy advice, but he's also a diehard Bears fan. He's a friend of mine, and I'm so happy to have him on the show. We've been talking about doing this for quite some time. Please welcome Dave Kluge. Dave, how you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, great intro there. And, you know, I, I did want to see something happen with free agency. But like you said, this is kind of what Polls told us he was going to do. So I don't think we should really be overreactive here. Um, I, I realize fans kind of want to pull their hair out looking at the lack of moves. But at the same time, what else were we supposed to do? Spend $84 million on Christian Kirk? Oh, my God. Like that? I like Christian Kirk. I like the idea of Christian Kirk. But I think if the Bears had gone out there and spent that money for that type of a player who I believe has four career games with over 100 yards, I think that would have been a little bit foolish. I understand he, he might be a fit. He might be a need. But I think there's other players who are available who could play that role. And I just think that it's probably better just to wait a little bit. 
Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, we've got the draft coming up right here. Um, I, I don't know if we're going towards a full rebuild, but getting rid of Khalil Mack, you know, bringing in Ogajobi, which means that we're probably not bringing Hicks back, makes me think that we're trending in that direction. So if we're going towards a full rebuild, the last thing you want are big contracts sitting on the book. So I think we're doing the right thing now by just kind of sitting back, patiently waiting. We'll sign whatever's left over. And, you know, hopefully they have more of a long-term plan than just the 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 panic that it felt like Ryan Pace was in for his entire tenure as GM. Yeah, it always felt like he was overspending. Ryan Pace always gave off the impression like he was a near-do-well boyfriend who was constantly upsetting his girlfriend, so he had to go out and buy all sorts of gifts and flowers, had to show up to the house, make amends, take her out to fancy dinners. It feels like Ryan Poles is taking a more judicious approach to it, and I and I will and say this too, and I'm curious how you feel about this. Obviously, losing Khalil Mack, he's a great player. But some of the replacements that they're that, – that are going to be playing this year, guys like Gibson, um, I think Tunga, I think with uh, Ogunjobi, I think I think our defensive line did not regress at all. If anything, it's as competitive, if not maybe a little bit better, but at the very least, it's younger and it's more cost efficient. Right. Um, and, and we've still got Robert Quinn, who's coming off a great year too. Um Although I'd, I'd be pretty shocked looking at the way that things are heading right now. If he is still on the roster come week one, I think they're trying to get rid of every big aging contract out there, but I agree. I mean, they're, they're the, the, the defensive line is in a pretty good spot right now. Um, but based on the trajectory that the team is heading right now, I, I'm pretty much just throwing away the 2022 season. I don't really have too many expectations. I think that we are building for the future and 2022 is going to be a pretty rough year from the looks of it so far. Well, if you look at some of the, now, you were talking about uh, Bobby Quinn. You also think Eddie Jackson is a candidate to be released as well. I kind of believe – I I think he'll be back. I think they're going to give him another opportunity because he has shown some skill in the past. But you think that Eddie Jackson's going to be gone as well? Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't have his age off the top of my head, but I want to say he's around 28, 29 years old right now. So he's not right. young. And by the time this team is ready to compete, which realistically is going to be 2023 at the earliest, if everything falls into place, you're looking at a guy that's on the wrong side of 30. So I think it's just one of those instances where you can trade him now on his name value and his production over the last couple of years. And I think he's going to be worth more now on the trade market than he will be on our team in two to three years from now. Yeah, well, we got all these comp picks that are, oh, wait, we didn't get a single one. Again, whatever. What I don't know what the formula is for that or anything. We never seem to get any of those. It would have been nice if we would have, you know, been given a compensary or comp comp pick. I'll just say comp pick. I I, I don't know. I, I look at this though that you do still have to keep some players around, and I think that Robert Quinn has been very effective over the last couple of years. Even two years ago, even though he didn't have the sack totals, he was still getting pressure on the quarterback. Our own Nick Shook at the NFL Media Group wrote about how he was top 10 in pressure rate. So I don't anticipate him, you know, losing a step or anything like that. I think there's some good players on this team. I think that that, that Jackson could find a role at some point. But again, like nothing's going to shock me because it feels like Poles has had no problem uh, divorcing himself from some of these big contracts. And if he feels like he can do something to uh, improve the team, he's going to go out there and do it. And for me, I, I find it a little bit refreshing as opposed to what we've seen for the last, I don't know, your lifetime. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much my entire lifetime. It seems like we're just like right at the cusp of that window without ever actually getting there. Um, this is one of the only times I can remember in, in you know, 
recent history where it feels like they're actually blowing it up and they have more of a long-term plan rather than just slapping on Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid and trying to put together you know, a respectable roster. We might not even have that this year, but I, I do like the vision that, that Poles has put together so far. Well, I, I, I look at the landscape of the NFC, and obviously I don't think that they're at the level of the Packers, the Rams, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are the only three good teams in the <laughs> NFC. I think, I think there's a case to be made that this team can be in the playoff hunt I think last year, nobody thought that Philadelphia was going to win the Super Bowl, but Philadelphia still made the playoffs. Thank, in the large part, that they're being a seventh seed and everything like that. I honestly believe that the Bears could be that kind of team where you're like, all right, yeah, it's fun. And then we go out and it's it's not that it's not the doom and gloom. I know like people probably want to tank for a draft pick, but I don't think that that's – we don't want that makeup. We don't want that mindset of losing games for even for draft picks or anything like that. I think this team still has a chance to be competitive. Now, we haven't seen the final roster. There's still a long ways to go. But I think, again, if Justin Fields develops, if they do surround him with a good offensive line, they're going to either draft or sign wide receivers. They have to. Uh, they could be okay. Yeah, and and you know, I, I kind of agree with you here, but I'm just I – don't, I don't know what the goal is. I mean, if the goal is to win eight, nine, ten games back into the playoffs and maybe steal a winner or two – you know, we could probably field a roster that could get us there. But like you said, I mean, when it comes to the top dogs in the NFC, and then when you look over at how loaded the AFC is, I just don't see any any chance where they can run all the way through to a Super Bowl win. And, and that's kind of the purgatory that this team has been in as long as I can remember, where it's, you know, either just missing the playoffs or getting in by a couple of wins and stealing a few wins here and there. Um, but, but I've never seen a team that I can have looked at, you know, you'd have to go back to the Erlacher days and Hester days where we actually did make the Super Bowl with a good team. But since then, it's just kind of been floating around in purgatory. I mean, that's, that's really yeah. the only way I know how to label it. And, and if we just keep trying to do that, I, I don't see anything changing besides being an eight to 10 win team. So I think that just kind of going after the full blown blow up and rebuild is, is the way to do it. And I don't know. I don't hate it. It's fun. Well, I, it gives a little bit of inspiration going forward that we can see something different than we've seen for the last decade. No, I agree. I, I think that they both those thoughts could both be correct. Like you can blow up the team and you can get rid of a lot of these big contracts. We've already moved on from Cohen and Khalil Mack and Bilal Nichols or Eddie Goldman. And wait, Nichols is still there, right? Goldman's gone. Goldman's Sorry. gone. Nichols still there. I'm, I'm getting confused of who we've cut and traded and all that stuff already. But I I believe that you can, number one, get rid of a lot of dead, not dead weight, but like bad contracts. Let's just say that. Not bad players, bad contracts. Mm. So they get rid of a bunch of bad contracts, and then they build for the future, and they bring in all these guys. I still think that they could be, like, you don't have to be, like, overspending for Christian Kirk, but through happenstance, through the fact that the NFC sucks, the fact that the Lions are terrible, the Vikings might not be great. Like, there's a chance you're going to win some games and come in and be like, oh, wow, all of a sudden there are eight wins, and eight wins might be enough because it would be eight and nine, which is ridiculous. By the way, stop doing the 17th game. I can't. I, I can't do that anymore. That is the and worst idea. Round. Oh, my God. Like, just I honestly, and uh, I'll take this off the rails here in a moment, but it's like, if you played your division opponents, that's six games. If you played two other divisions, that's eight games. If you played the AFC West and the AFC East, 
That's eight games. That's 14. Like, do 14. Like, that makes sense. That's a good number. Players are fresh. You don't have games where guys are mailing it in. Nothing like that. Maybe add an extra playoff round. Do whatever. Like, people are like, I just love I love football. The guys want more football. You're like, bro, don't you like quality? Don't you like quality football? It's like Al's Pizza Cafe or Pizza Cafe by Al's or whatever the thing in the office was, where it's like, it's similar. Like, do you want... You want you want a lot of really crappy pizza, or do you want a smaller amount of really good pizza? And so I think that they need to get rid of the seventeenth. Like, get just go back, go back to fourteen and, and else, games. Just for the record books, too, it's going to be so confusing now. Like everything post twenty twenty one is going to have an asterisk next to it. Um, oh yeah, you know I, I've been pushing for this. I think this is when we just start going by per game numbers rather than saying you know this guy went for X amount of yards. I think we should start looking at everything by per game numbers. That way, you know, guys aren't faulted for missing a game or two for injury whatever it may be we can compare errors a little bit better because yeah but here we are 13 minutes into the show already completely off the rails i'd I'd expect nothing else adam well the thing too is like uh if you went by per game numbers and for rushing you'd be like the single season rushing leader would have to be oj right because he had 2,000 yards in 14 games like that's in oh my god that's insanity so maybe that's why they're holding off like that don't pump the brakes on that one till somebody beats oj's mark we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it, but uh, let's get back on the rails. Uh, we're gonna allow some of our guests to uh, to sign in here and make some questions. Why don't we hit us up, Sammy? Hit us with the first question. Uh, thoughts on maybe signing Juju Smith Schuster, Dave? I'll let you take. I'll, I'll I'll let you lead off on this one. First of all, I'm a big fan of Juju Smith-Schuster. He's still just 25 years old. He's had a rough couple of seasons here, but we saw what he did as a rookie and in his second year. I think he's a very good quarter, uh, very good wide receiver. I just worry that his skill set is so similar to what Darnell Mooney does already that we're basically just looking at two of the same player here. Um, it, it's not that I don't like Juju. I just don't know if he's the best fit for this team. Uh, the guy that I really wanted was DJ Chark. I think that's what we need is a guy that can go down the field and make these contested catches because, you know, Justin Fields has an amazing deep ball. I just don't know if bringing in another guy that's going to, you know, excel at slants and underneath routes is what we need on this offense. So as much as I love Juju, I think that we are fine with Darnell Mooney and, and we need to look for a different type of receiver. Yeah, I'm not going to be super offended if we end up signing him at a really low cost, you know, because mm-hmm. the market for him is not going to be very robust. You know, he's not getting Christian Kirk money. And so if you can get a player who has the proper attitude, I think that's what a lot of people really like about him is that his attitude, everybody puts up that video of Vontez, of him taking out Vontez perfect yeah. and things like that. There are things that I really love about Juju Smith-Schuster's game. And if we if we brought him in, I would not be offended. He was not one of the guys that I was targeting coming into this season. There were some other guys when Berlissimo was on. We talked about some wide receivers. I've all also been talking about Auden Tate and all these guys. I think that there's other players to be had. Like I would even look into like somebody like LaVisca Chenault, who could be available uh, if he's out. Like if, if the Jags are just giving him away. And I think, again – this is going to be a, a point of emphasis for, for Ryan Poles and, and where the patients might end up paying off is that, of course, the Jags like overspent on everybody and they're like, oh, crap, now we got to sell some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like you come home, like you come home with like a bunch of come home with like a bunch of like shirts. Like I used to come home with wrestling shirts and my wife would be like, OK, what are you getting rid of? What What's going? Get You got to move something. 
they put those in the closet, you know, and it's kind of like, ah, oh, now the Jags are standing there. They're like, oh, what do we do with LaVisca? Like, nobody's going to trade for him. He's right. going to end up getting released possibly. And then you swoop in. So what do you like LaVisca? I, I like LaVisca a lot. And another guy that I like is Alan Lazard. And he just got slapped at the restricted tag today by the Packers, which means that if nobody makes an offer on him, they have to pay him $4 million. But we can make an offer for a little bit more than that. And we either get him at that you know higher price point or we force the Packers to pay for him a little bit more. So I think that's what we should do if we haven't already. Um, I, I like LaVisca Chenault a lot. And, and I like Alan Lazard for the same reason that both of them are just physical guys that are going to get out there and block. And, uh, you know, that's not something that you really go out of your way to sign when you're looking for a premier receiver. But at this point, talking about the Alan Lazards and LaVisca Chenault of the world, we're probably looking at more of a wide receiver three on the team. So give me a guy out there that can be the lead blocker for Justin Fields when he rips off a long one. I like both of those guys a lot. Yeah, it's also kind of like being in an auction league in fantasy. Like, can we make the can we put the Packers? Can we make them pay a little bit more? Right. And I just think I think Lazard is one of those guys too that I think that we understand, you know, coming from the fantasy realm of like how valuable he can be, where mm-hmm. we don't see him as somebody who's gonna score a touchdown every week, but like he makes plays and we see him make plays and he's he's a valuable contributor to a team. So I wouldn't mind seeing him. As well, obviously, the history of Luke Getzky, like Luke Getzy, uh, as well, would be a bonus. All right, do we have another question here, Sammy? Oh, Bear Forever fourteen. Thank you so much, by the way, for uh, for doing the five dollar thing. We really appreciate that. Uh, so, wait, you're saying that 2022 is a throwaway year? So you saying we're only winning four games or something? Yes, Dave. Explain yourself to Bear All Forever right. fourteen. He paid money I- to hear this answer. All right. I, I am typically the optimistic Bears fan where I try to look at the bright side, but I just I'm, I'm not feeling that right now looking at the current roster. So, um, you know, I, I don't like the idea of tanking, uh, you know, just the integrity and all that behind it. I don't think that we should go out of our way to try to win as few games as possible. But there's a pretty nice draft coming up in 2023. And if we don't make any big splashy moves this year, we head into next season with what could be a very good pick in a very loaded draft. I think that we're sitting at what's the number for next year? I think it's projected 130 million in cap space right. or something like that. So, so we're going to, they're going to, there's going to be guys signed to contracts this year and right. that'll count against the cap. So it won't be 130 next year, but it still should be significant. Right. And, and if we can, you know, stumble across a really good deal with somebody like some of the guys that we've talked about, you know, if we can get LaVisca on a three or four year deal, that's favorable to the team, go ahead and do it. But I don't think that we should be bogging ourselves down with big contracts. I'm kind of looking at this year as a bridge from the pace naggy era to the polls Eberflus era. So I, I don't want to win four games. I mean, that's not fun to watch. No Chicago fan wants to watch their team get pounded every single week. But like I said, with the cap space that we have projected for next year and this loaded class, I don't think that having a top pick would be a terrible thing. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I want from this upcoming season is the wins to me are somewhat irrelevant in that I would love to win games. But if we don't, it's not the end of the world. I think that if we are at the end of the 2022 season and it's determined that Justin Fields is our quarterback of the future, think about the Chargers two years ago, Justin Herbert's first season as an NFL starting quarterback or his first his rookie season. Yeah. Even though the Chargers didn't make the playoffs and they made a little push at the end of the year, it was still a fun season. Like It was fun to follow the Chargers. They were competitive in a lot of games. They were right there in the mix. They were making sort of a push towards the playoffs, so much so that it seemed that Tony Lynn was kind of like 
pushing to keep his job because mm-hmm. Justin Herbert was playing so great. Thankfully, the Chargers realized, like, no, that's a bad idea. Uh, we're going to bring in somebody else, and we're going to give it a go. They didn't make the playoffs this season, I think, mostly in part because the AFC is so loaded. But that team was was great. I This is what I'm thinking of for the Bears, is that fun, lo, like, fun team, competitive team, we're in a lot of games, kind of like when you saw, like, the San Francisco game, the Ravens game, the Steelers game. We would love to see them win those games. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not sitting there rooting for them to lose. I'm not going to be that guy who, after every loss, is like, well, at least we're gaining spots in the draft. Because it's like, I think that we've got a good enough general manager that we're going to make whatever work, especially next season. I just want to be competitive. I want Justin Fields to look like a franchise quarterback. And I think that's the most important thing for next year. Maybe knocking off the Packers once. Maybe knocking a team out of I, – I would like – just the dumb things. Like I was watching that video of the Josh McCown when he was with the Arizona Cardinals in the all-red mm-hmm. uniforms when they were playing at Sun Devil Stadium. And it was the year the Vikings started off 6-0, and and then they are scratching for the playoffs. And they're the birds. They have nothing to play for. And Josh McCown throws that miracle touchdown pass The Paul Allen calls amazing. Like I want to be that, that team, that spunky team. It's beating teams. Like we win games we probably shouldn't. We do something fun. But people recognize like, oh, crap, we don't want to play the Bears next season. David Montgomery has a huge year. So I still am opt- – I'm not I'm not trying to snow anybody into thinking like we're going to the Super Bowl. But I think we can be a plucky little team that goes out there and wins more games than people are anticipating. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a four-win team. I think we should be a little bit better. And uh, thank you so much. But I'm sorry. And and it reminds me a lot of the Dolphins last year. I mean, that's exactly what the Dolphins did. And I think that when you start intentionally tanking, I mean, some teams that have been accused of that in the past, you know that that's just a morale crusher for the team, the front office, the fan base. I mean, when you look at Houston and Jaguars, like these are teams that have been accused of tanking in the past, and it's not something that you bounce back from quickly. So I agree with you. I still think that going out there, fielding the best team that you can every single week, Um, you know, playing your heart out every Sunday. I think that that is very important to instill that culture. And I don't think that anybody on this coaching staff is going to accept anything less from the team. But, you know, like I said, with the draft cap, with with the draft cap, with the guys coming in in 2023, you know, if if we lose a few games, it's not going to not going to be the worst thing for us long term. Here's the thing, though, is we don't need to be up high in the draft to get a quarterback. So that gives you a little bit of flexibility. Think of like like Micah Parsons. He was drafted, what, 11th overall? Justin Jefferson was, like, drafted in the 20s. CeeDee Lamb was drafted in the late teens. Like, there are still players that are available at 20 or 24 that they can go out there and scoop up. Like, the good teams that know how to scout players seem to find uh, dudes in those in that range. So, hopefully, that's who Ryan Poles is, that no matter where we finish, we'll be okay. Yep. So don't I, I want to I want to get listen I'm gonna start I'm gonna change your thinking. We're All not right. losing games. We're not gonna not be happy games. when we lose. I'm not gonna allow it. Nine and I eight. Will, We're doing it. Will, Nine and eight in the playoff. I'll block you. I'll block you on Twitter. I see you do one thing about like. Oh, I will the- never, never, ever root for a loss. I don't want you to think that that's where I'm headed with. I don't. Even, I don't even want where you can retroactively look back at the season and be like, hey, you know, we, we got a top five pick. That's kind of cool. It's not the end of the. It's not cool because I don't want to be miserable. I want to have All fun. Right. I want to be fun, fun, maybe a little mediocre, but uh, thank you to Bears 14. Two, two wins Bears at the forever least. 14. 
Come Two on, wins at the least is what we need. Stop it. In in Green Bay, and then against the Packers in Soldier Field. Those are the two that we got to win. Oh my god, yeah. Right. If, if we went two and nineteen, how many games do they play now? Twenty one, whatever. I don't know. I I lose track. That is, and it sucks for fantasy because all the bye weeks. Because I'm like, I don't want to play an extra week of fantasy. Like I don't know. I'm just I'm a curmudgeon. But anyways, let's get some more questions, please. Uh, <sighs> nice job, Adam. Uh, you got Mitch Trubisky. This is actually Mitch Trubisky. What? Uh, thank you for for joining us, Mitch. How do you feel about Pittsburgh? Um, oh wait, bear, wait, hold on. Stop everything. No more grab behind. Uh, Bears forever fourteen. Now doubling down. He's pissed. He or she is pissed. I should say. Uh, Fars last year in Green Bay. They were the top seed, and the Bears were awful. We swept the pack that year and absolutely stomped them in Chicago. That would be satisfying. So that's exactly what you're talking. Could you imagine? Like, yeah, like if it ends up being Aaron Rodgers' last season yep. in Green Bay, and it, and it could be, Devontae Adams' last season in Green Bay, and we just go out there and smoke them. Like, that. see, that to me seems like the right response of, like, if we could start – the momentum to switch it around to being like, Oh, like Rogers is no longer owning this team. And even though we're a dog S team, we're still beating the Packers. It reminds me, sorry to bring in a baseball analogy, but back in the, the late 1990s, early two thousands, the angels, when they were not a very good team, always played the Yankees very well, beat them in the regular season all the time. And then when they made the playoffs in 2002, they went out there and smoked them three games to one, like crushed them. Should have been a sweep. And that kind of mentality, I think, benefits a team like the Bears. So if you can start getting into the mode of like, yeah, we're we're beating the Packers like Nagy owned the Lions and whatnot. I think that's a good mentality to have. It's those little wins. Like you remember Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. Oh my God. Brett Favre's jersey retirement. Jay Cutler goes in there and smokes him in Lambeau on a national stage. Those are the little wins that we get as Bears fans that you you really cherish and hold close to your heart. You know, and I think that like when people always ask me, like, why do you why do you love Jay Cutler so much? And why do you like I might not, you know, Jay Cutler and I might not see eye to eye on everything, and there's some whatever. I go, but the fact that he did that on Thanksgiving, that he mm-hmm. ruined Brett Favre's jersey retirement. I think that that it's not a Super Bowl win by any means, <laughs> but it's pretty close. Like I remember, it was my daughter's first Thanksgiving, so it's 2015, and it was my daughter's first Thanksgiving, and it was the first time like we said it was prime time, prime time Thanksgiving, like nothing could be sweeter, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And so yeah, so I think that if we start establishing that culture with the Chicago Bears, and it's something that Lovey Smith did. Like mm-hmm. I forget who pointed it out. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter. That before Lovey Smith was hired, Brett Favre owned the Bears. And then after Lovey Smith was hired, the Bears won six of the first eight games against Favre's Packers during the Lovey Smith era. So I, wow. I would be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what we need. It's just a culture change. You know, if we can we can start owning the Packers, just flip that up a little bit. That, that would be a huge win in, in and of itself. And by the way, I, I to go back to the the previous uh, before Bears Forever fourteen uh, came back in talking about like when we screen grab this, it will look like Mitch Trubisky was on the show, which is kind of <laughs> cool. I didn't even think about that. 
That was great planning by me. Um, nobody asked this question, but I'll pose it to you. How do we feel about Mitch Trubisky being in Pittsburgh? Uh, funny you should ask. I actually just recorded a video on this. Um, you know, obviously I had to put a fantasy spin on it being over at football guys. And what I said is that he is a high end QB two. Now that doesn't mean that I think that he's, you know, a top 15 quarterback in the league by any means, but the biggest difference between what he has right now in Pittsburgh and what he had in Chicago is on the sidelines with his coach. When you look at the makeups of the team, they're actually pretty similar, you know, looking at the offensive skill players, um, I'd give the slight edge to the Steelers, you know, with Deontay and Najee and Claypool and Fryermuth, but he had decent skill players on the offense here, had a porous offensive line, and he's got that again now in Pittsburgh that he's going to have to deal with, and then he's got an elite defense that's going to anchor this team, so really similar makeups. The difference is Matt Nagy was a, you know, just numbskull that couldn't adjust to anything, and Mike Tomlin, we've seen it, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, Mike Vick, he plays to his players' strengths. And that's something that we haven't seen since 2018 is Mitch Trubisky running the ball. So I'm hoping that Mike Tomlin is going to utilize that strength a little bit, get him running a little bit more, and we can see some sort of a resurgence. Um, I, I mean, I'd hate to see Trubisky go in there and ruin Tomlin's strength of never having a losing season. So at the least, I hope that they can at least hit 500 this week just to keep that streak alive or the 500 this year. Yeah, we don't want to see. Well, they'd be well. The Steelers will probably end up tying a game, anyways, because they always seem to. <laughs> so they'll be eight, eight, and one. I think the 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 best case scenario for Mitch Trubisky is that he becomes their version of Ryan Tannehill, where it's not a quarterback that's going to go out there and throw for five thousand yards or anything like that. He's not going to throw for forty touchdowns, but can go in there and be a pretty effective quarterback and be a guy that can help lead a team to the playoffs. And I tweeted this out this week. I think it would be pretty pretty funny, pretty good, if, if the Steelers went to Arrowhead and knocked off the Chiefs in the playoffs, just the cutaways. Like Matt Nagy would probably be up in the booth somewhere. He'd be in, he'd be in some bunker. They wouldn't even allow it. Because you know every time that Mitch made a play – they would show Matt Nagy just sitting there covering his face with his Olive Garden menu, doing the BU stuff. I just think it would be a delight. And by the way, any Chiefs fan, like, I hope you understand, I wasn't predicting that. I was saying imagine. Like, imagine what that would be like. That'd be fun. I'm not here spitballing angles. That's all. I'm a oh, journalist or I'm, a, I'm an spit, entertainer. Spitballing possibilities and then everybody calling you an idiot. I mean, that, that's what I live for on Twitter. It's just saying, imagine if this happened and then everybody taking that as a prediction. Oh, I, I, get the people going. I screen grab this. I'm like, thank you. I go, I hope you post it if it happens. If it doesn't <laughs> happen, who cares? I'm not saying that it's going to happen. It's My just favorite like, is uh, uh, Twitter, take his check mark away. Yeah. Oh, that's who what they're going to do. Gonna, yeah, yeah. We could have a whole uh, we, show yeah. just on that. The trolls, the unbelievable. But anyways, we got another question. I'm sure. I hope. Let's get it. Oh, is there any chance though? Sorry, Miggy. Uh, is there any chance we get Miles Jack? I'll, I'll let you think? take this one, man. I'm I'm confused. The Jags go out and they splash all this money bringing in new people, and then they cut Miles Jack, who's what 26 years old. I, I got to look this up real quick, but he's. You know, not somebody that you should really be shedding at this point. Um, yeah, just looked it up. He's 26 years old. I, I don't really understand that roster move. So maybe, maybe you could shine a little light on this one, Adam. 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, he's obviously a playmaker. He was not down in the AFC Championship game. His touchdowns should have stood. The Jags should have played the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl that season. And who knows how life would be different if the Jags had ended up beating Nick Foles and the the Philadelphia Eagles. But I look at Miles Jack, who's somebody that I really liked coming out of UCLA. I know that he was kind of an undersized guy, fell to the second round. I thought that he was a big-time player, and he's shown that over the course of his career. Again, Jacksonville's moving on to shiny new things, and they're just trying to – like they, they got rid of the last guy – I think if he's not the last guy, he's got to be close to one of the last guys from that 2017 team. And again, can just go to the point of like guys that fill that second and third wave of free agency. Now, obviously, Eberflus knows all about him. Mm -hmm. Being a coordinator in the AFC South, very familiar with the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they're able to do. And so, you know, I don't think that it's, again, a lot of these things, like we can have our opinions on this. We can sit there and say, I think this is a good player. But Eberflus has obviously watched him very closely over the last couple of years. And if this is a player that, you know, would help out the Bears, then I think that they'll be in on him. I, I really do. Like, I really do honestly believe that they they know what they want. They know the kind of player that they want. And it comes down to what they're doing with James Daniels. Now, everybody, everybody loves James Daniels. Like everybody's acting like this was a tragic loss. And I understand that, you know, he wasn't very expensive. He wasn't, you know, he's a good player. He was probably our best lineman last year. Uh, whether you maybe Jason Peters, but he was very good for our offensive line. But the thing of it is, is that the this coaching staff and this administration knows what kind of players that they want. And Berlissimo and I were talking about this today, like, James Daniels kind of a teddy bear. Like he's, I don't know that he has the attitude that the Bears are looking for. And they want people who are tougher. They want people who are not going to allow Aaron Rodgers to come to Soldier Field time and time again and tell the crowd that he owns them. Like I think they want a little bit of a culture change. So I I, I understand, and I've said this all along. Like, listen, when before free agency and all the trades happened. I was, I was very vocal. Like, I didn't want Allen Robinson to leave. I don't want Akeem Hicks to leave. Um, I didn't want Khalil Mack to be traded. But I understand what they're doing. And I'm going to let him go out there and do his thing. And uh, if they didn't think that James Daniel was the kind of player that they wanted, then I got to kind of respect what they're doing. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, so much of the season and this offseason, especially is about instilling some sort of culture change. And and we talked about the veterans and the kind of band-aids that are holding this defense together. And that's what we have right now at weak side linebacker with Alec Ogletree and Danny Trevathan. I, I talked about it before we hopped on this show, um, but, you know, Trevathan isn't a long-term answer at this point. I, I'd be okay uh, uh, shedding him off the roster. So, Miles Jack isn't somebody I'd given a lot of thought to just because it seems like the Bears are so content to just sit on their hands through free agency. But, um, you know, you, you make a good point with Eberflus, knowing him well. Uh, he, he's somebody that could really help turn around the culture on this defense. No, for sure. I See, I'm I'm a bigger fan of Trevathan than I think a lot of people. And I like his attitude and I like the way he attacks things. Um, he also told me one time on Twitter that we're cool. So I'm like, ah, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be drawn to him. Plus, he wears number six now. So when my kids are running around in cutler jerseys, I'm like, no, they're wearing Trevathan jerseys. I put sweatshirts on them. You can just see the front six. Um, yeah, but it would be interesting to see. And again, like the Bears aren't 
the Bears, like if, if you've learned anything over the last 48 hours, is Ryan Poles does not think the same way that a lot of the Bears fans do. They are not playing. They're not the guy, like, whenever we play fantasy football, there's always a person in your your uh, your league that's, like, still trying to draft Anquan Bolden or players that they're very familiar with. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't need to draft Larry Fitzgerald. Like, why are you drafting Larry Fitzgerald? Like, it just if you've run out of people that you've heard of, that's fine. And I think that there's going to be a lot of signings that are going to happen here in the next couple of weeks and months of players who are like, eh, but they're going to be brought in for a specific purpose to fulfill a certain role. And uh, I think that's probably one of the most important things that the, the the Bears the Bears need to or Bears fans need to remember. You know what I, I would even equate it to? Remind me, Dave, you're you're a wrestling guy, yes or no? Uh, not a huge wrestling not, guy. Was growing up, not anymore. That's right. Okay, I'm trying to remember. It gets confusing sometimes. But I was, uh, but like I was that, shaken by yesterday's news though because that whatever, was yeah. during the prime of my wrestling viewing days. You know, Scott Hall. I, I used to walk around with a toothpick in my mouth for about three years straight. <laughs> yeah, like Scott Hall. Razor Ramon was obviously a big deal, but he wasn't still, it wasn't like he, he's not the rock. He's not stone cold. He wasn't right. Hulk Hogan, but he was so important for what he did and who he was and, and the way he approached it. And I think that's the kind of guys like the bears aren't signing the big names. Here comes John Cena. Who's going to be, you know, Oh, everybody's heard of him. Scott Hall. Although Razor Ramon was super popular. Maybe this isn't the perfect example, but Somebody like that who's like, you know what? He might not be because he was he was never a world champion, so I'll say that at least. Um, but somebody who's very important to the development of a culture, changing a culture. When Scott Hall went down to WCW, he changed the way that program and that that show was received. I grew up never watching WCW. I was never a big Sting guy. I, I only liked Ric Flair because he came to the WWE for a while. But I started I started watching WCW like weekly. So I think that's what the Bears are kind of trying to do now. It's like attitude guys, guys who are trying to who fulfill a certain role to change the culture and make this team better all the way around. All right, Sammy, what else do we get? Oh, my gosh. Bears forever. Four I'm so sorry for making you wait. Future draft questions. What's the strongest position in the 2023 draft? And do you already have a favorite guy in that draft for the Bears? I have not looked that far ahead. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I know there's some really good quarterbacks coming out, which we obviously wouldn't have a need for if we end up with one of those top spots uh, where, you know, CJ Stroud should be getting drafted. That's obviously a great opportunity to trade back. Um, But, you know, I I haven't dove too far into it outside of knowing that it is a deep quarterback and wide receiver class. And I know that because of the Debbie fantasy football community that has just been pumping up this 2023 class like nothing. Yeah, there is a. If the team, as you said, you know, doesn't perform very well, let's say the Bears end up in the top 10. That is actually beneficial that if Justin Fields plays well and, you you know, he's the quarterback and you can trade back, that helps you out so much. Like having that quarterback position solved that if you end up with a high draft pick and you can just deal back, be in a situation similar to what the Giants were in or the Eagles or some of these teams where you're like, yeah, you know what, we can move back, we can acquire – additional picks because over the next couple of years these two drafts are going to require just adding to the roster and even if we use these two second round picks on uh on wide receivers you know george pickens being one of them 
Alave, maybe he falls, whoever it is. Let's say David Bell, whoever. Um, I know, like, but whatever. Like, let's say they, they get two receivers. Next year, I still think they're going to be, in the, they're probably still going to be looking for a wide receiver. They're going to be mm-hmm. looking for probably an offensive lineman, whether this offensive line gels or not, no matter who they get. So I do think that there's, um, I do think that uh, we're going to still be looking for offensive players over the next couple of years. And uh, Bears Forever 14, I am very sorry. Uh, I will start paying more attention to the 2023 draft, but I'm starting to get, you know, I'm trying to dive in to a lot of the college football that I missed so far this season with free agency. So we're still catching up, but I do appreciate you asking the question. I I do like the idea of drafting receivers more than paying for them on the market though, because just the the acquisition cost of getting somebody in the draft is so much lower. So, um, you know, hopefully that's the route that we go because I don't want to spend a bunch of money on a wide receiver. That's going to end up being a bust. I'd rather draft a few and then hope that one of them could step up over the course of the off season. So I I think that they're going to attack the wide receiver position pretty heavily in the draft this year. No, 100%. I don't, I I think that there's going to be a great opportunity to do that. Even if they don't use the first two picks on wide receiver, I can't listen. I can't imagine what bears Twitter is going to look like if they do not draft a wide receiver with their first pick or at least one in the second round. Like it's going to be apocalyptic. Like it is going to be crazy. I might go into a bunker. You might not find me for a couple of months and then hopefully be able to emerge and see what's going on. But uh, moving on, there was another question about Larry Borum, if he moves to guard or not. I think it all depends on who they're able to sign, who they're looking at in free agency. Obviously, Ryan Poles knows exactly who he wants, what he's got designed. Now, Berlissimo was saying on Twitter earlier today, he did say it on this show on Thursday, that it feels like, what did he say, Borum? Like, Whatever the opposite of every everybody thinks, what was it? He's going to left. I, I think uh, Jenkins and Borum are going to end up being our tackles, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Is that what you understand? Um, yeah, I mean, it seems that way. I'm hoping that Tank- Jenkins is is fully recovered because what we saw last year, I don't know if it was the injury or if it was just struggling to get up to speed after missing so much time. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to see him up to speed. But, yeah, I'm thinking that it's going to be Jenkins and Borum playing tackles this year because Effetti is, is not the answer. No, and I think that even with uh, Mustafar staying and, of course, Cody Whitehair is still on the roster, which is one of the reasons why a lot of Bear fans are upset with James Daniels not coming back, I think it's been the contract situation that has allowed those two players to kind of still remain in the mix. And, of course, if they're able to find a way to build an offensive line, I mean, it would be great if you could build an offensive line and Cody Whitehair was your backup, was your number one backup. I think that would be an advantageous situation. So uh, I think that, again – is we, I think they have a clear plan of, of what they're doing. And I think they know what, what they're going to do, where they're going to put them. So I'm not going to speculate, but I think both of them end up as tackles, but that's just me. I don't have any, I don't know for, for sure, but we'll see that as we start getting into mini camps and things like that. All right. Next and question. I'll say that, that is where polls has my full faith. Polls 100% has my faith in rebuilding the offensive line, given his background. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with this squad. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that's the truth. Like they, What they did last year in Kansas City, what he's done over the course of his career, gives me a lot of confidence. So I'm not, I'm not sweating it. And I think uh, the James Daniel situation was very polarizing on, on Bear. And I understand. Like he was, he, he does fit a, a good mold. And it's one of the things, too, that's a little disconcerting. Um, on one hand, the Steelers were desperate for offensive linemen. Their offensive line was terrible, but they're also a respected organization. So you're like, Oh God, like, what do they know? 
Like, what are they doing? Like, if Jacksonville would have given James Daniels $50 million, I'd have been like, yeah, whatever. But if it would, and no disrespect to Jacksonville, but I'm just saying, you know, that's that's more a shot at Trent Balky. That's not a that's not a shot at Jacksonville. It's not a shot at their fans. Their fans are amazing. That's a Trent Balky. That's that that directed at one player, person, excuse me. The Steelers have a little bit more credibility. So you're like, oh, he's going to the Steelers. Like, what do they know? Like if, if New England signed him, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. signed him, you're like, what do they know? What am I missing? What am I not seeing here? Like we all like I we have smart friends. Like when they come up with something, like I have I have neighbors that whenever they talk about any subject ever, I'm like, I don't, I don't care what you're saying. Like I'm not listening to you. But then there's people that you know in your life that when they talk, you're like, oh, what tell me more? Like what are we what are we missing? So maybe that's the case. Maybe the Steelers are just desperate. But the fact that you know what, he didn't go for a large amount of money. I don't know. It just feels like the Bears knew what they wanted and it wasn't James Daniels. Sometimes it happens. Like, you know what? It's it's okay. It's like when couples break up. Like somebody doesn't have to be a bad person. So it's like, it's just not working out. Not what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Things and happen. we saw that right, last year with Fuller. I mean, leave it like losing Fuller was a gut punch. But then look what he did in Denver. I mean, the Bears knew oh. that there was something going on there because he was terrible last year for the Broncos. I got to tell you that that was weirdly satisfying. Not It's disappointing because I like Kyle Fuller. Right. But it was also satisfying that like, you know what? He didn't really go out. Like he didn't cry. Like. Just having to wear it if he was good, like, oh, my God. Like, if he would have yeah. gone to the Pro Bowl or was all pro, it would have been like, we're the biggest idiots in the world. But the fact that he didn't, he didn't really do nothing. And the fact that nobody comes back to say that. Like, nobody returns. Right. Like, everybody was clowning. That's like, nobody comes back and say, hey, you guys were right about Fuller. Congratulations. Yep. That's yep. never happened in the history of anything. Nobody's they ever said that. on the back and on the way out the door. Just, hey, thanks for getting rid of Fuller. You're fired. I mean, Pace did enough good stuff. Like, you couldn't let Pace hang around. But it's like, Pace did enough good things that you're like, bro, like, why did you believe in Nagy so much? Like, if he would have just, if he would have, I I know there's no way of knowing whether you're getting Justin Fields or whatnot. But if he would have just, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think that he had the McCaskies in his palm enough to be like, we're blowing them out. We're going to hire a coach. We're going to go a new direction. Like, I just don't think it's going to work with him. They're going to regress. They're not – the offense is not looking good. Fire him. And then last year – and then if you would have gotten a new coach – I can't even remember who the coaches were that were hired last year. It wasn't Stefanski, but I'll think of somebody. If they would have hired somebody else and then they would have, you know, played well and Justin Fields kind of developed, like Brian Pace is still the general manager of the Chicago Bears. But unfortunately for him, his loyalty got the best of him and sometimes – you know what? That happens. So uh, Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley was a big coach last year who came from Chicago, ended up oh. the Chargers, and he was a Chicago guy. I would have loved to make a move on Brandon Staley last year. Oh, I'll but tell hey, you what, twenty twenty, and people sit there and they they talk about him and they're like, he always goes for it on fourth down and he's reckless. And I'm like, you know what? That stuff works. That team, like, I don't. I mean, the timeout that he took, he had to take it. Mm-hmm. He had to do it. Um, and it just didn't work out for him. It was the weirdest Uh, ending to a game I've I've probably seen in my life. (laughs) I loved it so much because the, the most outlandish scenario in the history of sports almost hit like, Oh, as long as there's not a tie, you're like, okay. Like who can, like what are the odds of there being a tie? And then it goes to overtime and then it was so close. And there's a guy in a Steelers Jersey 
sitting there sweating it out, which first of all, you're a Steelers fan. Have more self-respect for yourself. Like, what is wrong with you? You've won the Super Bowl. who won the game, is the one that got canned, and Staley still got a job. Oh, Just unbelievable. Crazy. Craziness out of that one. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh let's hit another question here if we got one. I'm sure we do. Uh Christian Ricardo. Okay. Uh Mitch won with the worst coach in Bears history. Nick, nor Red Red Water Pistol, nor Justin <laughs> took this team to the playoffs under Nagy. Let's not forget. Christian, uh, listen, I I think over the last number of years, we've now grown to accept that Mitch was probably a little bit better than we were giving him credit for. Is he the kind of player who will have a Patrick Mahomes-like career? Probably not. But again, I think that if he could, I listen, I've been, I think this is not a disrespectful statement, but saying that he could be the Steelers version of Ryan Tannehill, to me, that seems like a positive, right? Yeah. I mean, up Ryan Tannehill had a bad 2021. There's no way around that. But I mean, he had a complete resurgence when he went from Miami to Tennessee. And, and I could see Mitch doing the same. Um, it, it, it's kind of funny during Mitch's entire time during the four years that him and Nagy were together in Chicago, it was always the same question, you know, is it, is Nagy the problem or is Mitch the problem? And it seemed like that was literally dividing the fan base, the media right down the middle. It's like 50% of the people were saying it was Trubisky. 50% of the people were saying it was Nagy. And then all it took was one year without Mitch Trubisky and us to see Nagy run the offense that he wanted for everybody to kind of say, Oh, well it was Nagy, huh? So I'm excited to see Mitch bounce back. I mean, it still blows my mind, though, that this man went 25 and 13 as a starter with Matt Nagy. I mean, he he, he deserves a Hall of Fame bust just for that. Yeah, how many of those years were – was it one year with Vic Fangio? Two years? No, one year. I think Fangio, Fangio. was there the whole year. Fangio was the D.C. with 2008, 2018. Yeah. 2017. Oh, 2017. But he's there to 2018. That's the reason that we had yeah. the, the run. Like, if Denver wouldn't have effed around – and hired Vic Fangio for no reason. Like the yeah. entire NFL was hiring 13-year-olds who <laughs> once were uh, who were TikTok friends with Sean McVay. And then they're, John Elway's like, I'm going older, and I'm going defense. Like, what are you doing? Leave really, Vic Fangio really alone. Screwed, really screwed the Bears. That, that was a tough one. I thought Fangio should have been the head coach that year, honestly. I, I thought we should have just moved him right up and never even messed around with Nagy. But again... Hindsight is twenty twenty, But Nagy sucked. He would have been a terrible <laughs> offensive coordinator. Maybe. I. You know what? I like Matt Nagy as a head coach, but like a head coach. Like, you've got to have an offensive coordinator who's calling the plays. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for you. Excuse me for uh, him to be calling. Whatever. Why? Well, we don't need to talk about that. All right. Let's uh, – do we have another one there? Uh, would you – be comfortable targeting somebody like George Pickens in the draft who falls due to injury concerns. Uh, can we take those kind of chances with Fields development, Dave? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are the types of chances that um, just can completely, you know, turn uh, turn a franchise around. I mean, George Pickens, if he didn't have those injury concerns, would probably be a top 12, top 15 pick. So if we can link him up with somebody like Justin Fields, um, I, I mean, they said, uh, I forget if it was Eberflus or Foles, but one of them said that they know that part of developing a quarterback is getting them a weapon that they can rely on to make those contested catches downfield. And that's that's exactly what Pickens can do. So, um, yeah, is there a risk there? 
of course. But I think that you've got to take that risk if you want to make a big franchise or, uh, you know, a move that can completely turn a franchise around and getting Pickens in the second and having him hit and being one of the top receivers of this draft is exactly how you make a move like that. I think there'll be uh it'll be a collective heart attack in Chicago when like Christian Walker or somebody like that gets drafted with the 39th pick and then they'll come back and get take Pickens with the second second round pick. Maybe you have to move don't move up or do anything like don't do anything like super foolish. Uh but I do believe that he's the kind of player that you need to take a take a chance on. I think it's one of the reasons why players like Jalen Johnson Guys like uh, even Eddie Jackson have worked mm-hmm. out like guys who are first round talents who are able to go out there and, and perform well because despite the fact that they were injured in college. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, Jalen Smith, is like, yeah, Thomas Graham. I mean, like the Bears have had a lot of success with that. They they loved and, and maybe it'll change with Pace out of there, but Pace loved getting the injury discounts on those guys late in the draft. Yeah, it'll be that. That is one of the things that we'll be have to wait and see with Ryan Poles if he's going to avoid those kind of players. I would have to go dive into the the history of the Kansas City Chiefs and the way that they're drafting. But I always love getting those guys. I think that when you can get a great value, the problem with Pickens is that he's an SEC guy. So I guess well, I guess Eddie Jackson still fell because I feel like the the, the West Coast guys. And I, I know that Utah's not. Wait, no, Graham went to Oregon. Um, who am I thinking of? Who's a Utah guy? Oh, Jalen Johnson. Um, I know that Utah's not the West Coast. Even though, by the way, even though people seem to think that, I remember when uh, Russell Wilson was traded and it was Ian Rappaport. Like, oh, and, and Russell Wilson gets to stay on the West Coast. You're like, well, like Colorado is not the West Coast. It's not even the same time zone. Stop saying yeah. that. But I think with some of those West- mountains to get to you guys. Exactly. You know, you live in Colorado. Oh, can I tell everybody you live in Colorado? Well, the gig's up now. Everybody knows. Might as well just give my address and my social security oh, number. Oh my too. god! Now everybody's going to find you. Um, but let's let's so I've got uh, it in my bio, Adam. We're we're all right. Okay, so I think Pickens is a great pick. We would love to have him. And uh, let's try to answer a couple more questions here as we're uh, coming to to the end of the of the hour. Uh, scale of one to ten, how concerned would you guys be if we sign no OL wide receivers or cornerbacks this week? Wait, is one being the most scared? 10 being the skirtest. What is it? I think 10 is like you're calling the police because you're you're terrified. You're traumatized yes. at 10. I think one is, eh, whatever, I could care less. By the way, do you watch uh, Ozark? I don't. And you asked me this last time we did a show together, too. And yeah. I, I still need to get around to watching it. Well, I think uh, I think our boy Tags was a big Ozark guy. Yep, yep. And I think I, I had not gotten into it. I might have been into it or I was getting close to getting into it. I don't remember. But Ozark, actually, this is not going to be a spoiler alert, so don't worry. Don't freak out. Ozark, in their last episode, explained the difference between Mach 1 and Mach 5, like what the worst one is, because I never know. So I just go, yes, and now it's like Mach 3, because I just feel like, or <laughs> DEFCON, DEFCON, excuse me, DEFCON 1 or 5. Like, what is the worst one? I always say 3, DEFCON 3, because it's just, you know, whatever. Um I wouldn't be overly concerned. Okay, 10 means you won't watch the games. Thank you, the prodigy. All right. All right fine. All right. We'll stop Dean around and get to the point. I don't think that it's incumbent that we need to sign a bunch. We don't need to fill out the roster by Friday. Yep. I think if we don't do it, I think we're going to, we're saving our money. And at some point, you're going to be very happy. It's like these kids, these kids can save up their stars. You know, we're, they're on a point system here. 
So if you get a, if you get two thousand stars, you get a trip to Disneyland. But so one kid is saving up for the stars. One of those kids is 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 saving up for Disneyland. Will not spend their stars. The other one gets a star and spends it almost immediately. Like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend my star in a now and later or whatever. Although I think those by the way those kids I swear to God they're in cahoots because they know. If you're one of them, if, if one goes to Disneyland, the other one's going to Disneyland. I think there's a conspiracy that they figured out. They figured out the loophole. So I might just take one of them. Like, no, you, no, the boy, Wedge gets to go. Wedge is going. Not you, Ahsoka. You got to stay home because you spent your stars already. But I don't think that it's that big a deal. Would you be freaking out, Dave? Uh, I'd be like a one to two now i wouldn't be freaking out at all like you said we don't need to fill out the roster by friday we've still got a draft we've still got multiple waves of free agency coming so i'm not going to freak out whatsoever um you know if if you know heading into week one we still have some of the glaring weaknesses and holes that we have in the roster then i'll be concerned but no it's way too early to panic about anything all right uh i see one of these questions coming in is there one about uh alan robinson is that one queued up Ah, look at me. There you go. Uh, is it possible the Bears are uh, somehow trying to retain Allen Robinson? I'm glad you asked this question because uh, I've been thinking about this all day. I mean, obviously a huge Allen Robinson fan. Two of the teams that were the most in line to 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 to, to take Allen Robinson, we had the uh, we had the Detroit Lions, who've now seemingly spent all their money, uh, brought in a bunch of guys like DJ Chark or whatever, which is fine. They got Chark, right? I'm not. They did. One year, 10 mil. So Detroit already seems like they're good. Jacksonville was another team that was like a lot of Jags fans were like, get ready, get ready, get ready, everybody. Get your Allen Robinson jersey again. They're done. I don't think, I think they're done. I think today you look at this market that's available and and if he wants to go and he gets a deal with Kansas City or Buffalo or some of one of those good teams, like I'm not going to be pissed. Maybe he goes to Pittsburgh and plays with Trubisky. I'm not going to be upset with it. But the more we go on, the more I'm like, all right, not so upset. Maybe we can get some of the Bulls to be recruiting him. I, he loves the NBA so much. Let's get the yeah. Bulls to work with us. Can we get Caruso? Yeah, I, Let's get Alex Caruso. I think you Call remember, he likes baseball too. He changed his, uh, it was wearing a Cubs jersey. That was his announcement when he was coming to Chicago was him sitting yes. on a porch in a Cubs jersey. And I, I hate to an, at, or answer a question with a question, but do you think that he just kind of phoned in last year? I mean, that that's what it seemed like. I, I, I don't really know what happened whoa, whoa, with hey. Allen Robinson. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm one of the biggest Allen Robinson fans out there. I, I got his jersey. You know, I, I really like Allen Robinson. But I, I'm just concerned that that bridge is so burnt that there is no repairing it. I mean, last year, I don't really know exactly if he was hurt or if he was just going to develop chemistry with fields or if he was just kind of you know, half button his way through the season. But I, I don't know if there's any chance that he comes back. But then again, there's a new staff. Maybe they're really whining and dining him and, and making him feel special. But I don't know. I haven't really given it too much thought because I don't want to get my hopes up just to get crushed. I think that's a very fair statement. And I, I can't help myself by thinking of those <laughs> kind of wild scenarios. I will say this. I mean, that's that exactly what Justin Fields needs, is a big receiver that can catch contested I mean, balls. That's exactly what he needs. He's still a top – I always say top five, and everybody wants to push back on that. And I think given what happened last year, that maybe I'll right. seed it a little bit and say, okay, 
but he's still a top wide receiver in the NFL. It's a new organization. It's a new staff. It's not like it's Ryan Pace trying to convince him to return or anything like that. He's not trying to make up with the coaching staff. You know, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, when you, uh, you don't, when, when you move into a new apartment, you don't get mad at the old landlord. There's a new guy there that you're dealing with. So that's who you have to deal with. Maybe he likes Ian Cunningham. Everybody loves Ian Cunningham. Maybe they can, do they want him? And I think that the question goes both ways. And I think that's what you're getting at is if the bears, do they want to make that move? Like, do they want him back? Would they be welcome to it? I mean, obviously they see the tape that we see. They would probably have those same questions and they want a deep dive on what goes on. I think what we have seen over the course of the, the franchise tag in the NFL is that it causes a lot of resentment with players and with teams. And I think one of the earliest examples of that was Adam Vinatieri with the New England Patriots, where early on, one of the biggest missteps that Bill Belichick made years ago was putting a franchise tag on Adam Vinatieri. And that caused resentment with one of the most popular players in club history and you know one of the most reliable kickers. To the point of when Adam Vinatieri left, he went and signed with their rival. Mm-hmm. He went back and made sure he signed with the Colts with the express purpose of beating the New England Patriots. Now, hopefully Allen Robinson doesn't take that route and signs with the Green Bay Packers. Like, hey, don't, we still love you. Okay. Pace is gone. Nagy can't hurt you anymore. And by the way, when I was saying, like, if he wanted to sign with the Chiefs, well, he's not signing with the Chiefs because Matt Nagy's there. So that, that kind of, they kind of threw us a bone, uh, threw us a bone there. So I really do believe that there could, I, I, I'm setting myself up. He's going to end up signing. He's going to end up signing with the Steelers. And we're going to end up with I was just going to say it. That's, yeah. That's, you already talked uh, about, you know, Mitch, Mitch going into Kansas City and winning yeah, in front of Nagy. Watch Mitch and Allen Robinson do it together. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just spoke that into existence. All right. Um, you know what? Do we have one more? I want to do one more, at least. Can we do one? Is Hicks a flues type of guy? You know what? This is the thing. I honestly believe that he is. And, again, you talked – I don't know if we were on the air yet, but you talked about how Hakeem Hicks is in Buffalo, which if he is, like, God bless him. I hope that he is. Like, go for it. Like, uh, go go to Buffalo. Like, if you want to go, I think that he would fit in with this team. And I think that if we had him as a guy who didn't have to be counted on for every down, it would be very beneficial. But uh, I think he would fit Flues' style. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to be completely honest here. I don't know enough about Flues' style and his type of guys to really comment on this. But what I will say is that I think Hakeem Hicks is good enough when he's healthy that he is any coach's type of guy when he's out there just pushing bodies around. Okay, uh, Jeremy's got a question. I want to make sure we get him in. Uh, real quick before we log off here. How much cap space do the Packers actually have? Hey, listen. Cap space is a myth. Jeremy, like cap space doesn't exist. It's this mythical creature that only affects teams like us. It's not. It, it doesn't affect the Packers. The Packers live in some fantasy land where nothing matters. No, the, they don't get called for penalties. They, did you see how sad? Those officials look sad when, when Aaron Rodgers lost in the playoffs again. Like morbidly. Oh, we, it doesn't matter. The Packers can sign whomever they want. So if the Packers wanted to sign Allen Robinson for a hundred mil, it would somehow give them more cap space. More, hey, that the Packers sign Allen Robinson for a hundred mil, save cap space in the meantime. Like how? Like what is happening? 
I don't know. It is just a big, I, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It's just not, it's not a thing that exists. It's like, uh, I've said this before, so I'm sorry if you've heard me say this, but it's like uh, the way I use my kids of like, hey, somebody's like, what are you doing Saturday? Like, I don't know. What do you got going on? Like, that's, first of all, for any of you, that's the way you answer these questions. What are you doing Saturday? I don't know. What do you got going on? Oh, uh, I need help moving. Oh, you know what? I got to take the kids. Taking, I told the kids I'd take them to the beach. But if your friend says, oh, uh, I got a, I got a, uh, you know, I got a, I got a tea time at, uh, at PGA West. You're like, oh, I'll get a sitter. We're all good. That's the way cap space is. Wait, what is it? So we, we need to hit another guy up. Who else just, what is the, there we go. I, I hit it myself. Uh, okay, guys, this one's for Don, Don Barr. Uh, prediction against the Lions next year. Uh, smoking them. Smoking the Lions still. Nothing's going to change. What? Oh, stop it. Get out of so here. Does, does this mean I'm the deciding one now? My, my vote is the final say because I'm yeah, going to say 1-1. One, one. I, I, you know, I, I hate to I hate to wash it here, but I mean, Dan Campbell is. Uh, am I allowed to say anything pro Lions on this podcast? Say it, whatever you gonna, want, pro Lions. Dan Campbell's a hell of a coach, and I know that they didn't oh have a lot of success this year, but um, I'm I'm kind of worried for the culture that they're building right there. I mean, um, you know, Eberflus is clean cut and nice and all that, but I, I kind of wish he was drinking, you know, sixty ounces of coffee a day and threatening to bite people's kneecaps i mean and whatever he's doing over there seems to be working i mean i i literally got teary-eyed watching one of the locker room videos oh, of dan campbell cool. when they got their first win i mean he, he's just got that team rallied around him man i one and one I like, one and one I, I like dan campbell in the way that you like the lovable jobbers who <laughs> like i think like the lion like no disrespect to the lions and their fans but you're in your enhancement talent for the NFL. You're not expected to win a title. You're just there. You host a Thanksgiving game. You go out there. Like, listen, Aaron Rodgers needs to play two extra games a year. Uh, so your franchise exists. That's why you're there. You're, you're putting over the Packers. You're putting over the Bears. You're putting over the Vikings. Every once in a while, you'll steal a win. You know, I remember when I was a kid, who was that? The, the hurricane, hurricane Helms. Remember him? Like he was fun. Here comes the hurricane. Like he wasn't going to win the WWE title. But he was in programs with The Rock, and I think he beat The Rock one time. And that was fun. That's what the Lions are. That's what we right. need. And Dan Campbell is so entertaining. I, I agree. Okay, you're right. Uh, love Dan Campbell. Love My him fear is that they take Malik Willis in the draft. Because oh, Malik Willis had – Stop saying stuff like right, this. All right, all right. We're, We're just speaking all the things we don't want to happen into existence during this show. We, we never should have done this. I swear to you, if anybody takes Pickett – over Willis, they deserve to never. They deserve to lose lose their charter. Like I don't like. Come on, like that kid is so good, and I and I say this as the guy that didn't think that Justin Herbert was going to be that great. But still, I feel a lot better. Although I did listen when I was uh, when the Bears were drafting quarterbacks in 2017, I said you better take Deshaun Watson. And from an on the field perspective, and I would say this to this day, as an on the field player. Taking away everything else. We're playing Madden. It doesn't matter. Deshaun Watson still should have been the quarterback that was taken. I think he would have been better than Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is in a great situation. Uh, but I think if Deshaun Watson would have gone to the Bears, we are, we're talking about a Super Bowl winner. Yeah. I mean, we, my buddies and I, we were at the bar watching that draft. And when they traded up, 
we were hugging and high-fiving and everybody thought that we were getting Deshaun Watson. And then when they said Mitch Trubisky, I mean, it was just, it was a gut punch. Like you just feel the entire bar just deflate all at once. Like who? This guy, Mitch Trubisky? I mean, everybody thought we were getting Watson when we traded up in 2017. We got deked so hard. Everything that Ryan Pace said, like what he wanted in a quarterback, power five conference, champion, big time, prime time player. None of that. Mitch did not check any of those boxes. The story about him going to see Mitch at UNC, like in disguise. Did you ever read that article? He said he would like pull his hat down low and sit in the crowd so he could scout Trubisky. I mean, that's just looking back on it. Just doesn't get more embarrassing than that. If you're an Ohio quarterback and you don't at least get recruited to one of the Mac schools, what are we doing? What are we doing? There's no, you're North Carolina. Like, I don't want to be the guy who's like SC quarterbacks. Am I right? Like SC receiver. I hate, and that happens in fantasy all the time. Like, oh, you know, like, oh, don't trust the guy from Stan or whatever it is. But at the same time, like, bro, like Deshaun Watson was destroying, destroying Alabama. And now we see Dabo without him and Trevor Lawrence, what it looks like. I don't know. Uh, that was a that was a mistake. I think we're good though. I think we gotta we, we gotta let you go. We've gone well over an hour. Uh, I do want to thank everybody. Uh, Bears Forever fourteen. Thank you so much for contributing. Everything like that. Uh, we really appreciate that. That's awesome of you, Dave. We appreciate you sticking with us and uh, doing this. Finally, able to get us uh, on the air. So I appreciate it. The football guys. If you ever need some fantasy advice, that's where you will find it. Where else can we find you in the World Wide Web? You know what? That is it now. I, I now have an exclusive contract with Football Guys, which is great. Rather than saying, you know, find me here and here and here and here and here. It's just, just Football Guys. That's it. And then you can find me on Twitter at Dave Kluge. That's K-L-U-G-E. Thanks a lot for having me, Adam. All right. There he goes. The great Dave Kluge. And to just wrap this up, I want to reiterate one more time. Everybody, chill the bleep out. It is going to be okay. Everything is going to be fine. We don't need to sign an entire roster in the next 48 hours. When we get to September and it's week one, I guarantee you we will have a full competitive football team. So be cool, chill out, enjoy, enjoy the March Madness, both college troops, whatever. Go Cal State Fullerton Titans, by the way. By the way, oh, my shirt, I threw it over there. Anyways, Cal State Fullerton against Duke Friday night. Be rooting for my team. But until that time, oh, you know what? We got we got a podcast this week too. So make sure uh, we'll see you in a couple of days. Uh, that's it. Bear down. Sammy, play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.